angels, whether you know it or not, are a big part of your life. The Bible says, as some of you well know, that they are ministering spirits. If you notice, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the angels came and ministered to him. When you go through things, the angels will come and minister to you the same way, for you are a child of God. You do belong to Jesus Christ. You have no power or authority to tell angels what to do. You should not uh, even think about trying to uh, communicate with them on your own. If God sends you an angel, that's one thing. And he sends you a message, that's, that's another thing. Or if he, they reveal something to you. I mean, when God took me, he took me aside. I didn't have to read a book about angels. I didn't, and I never do that. I don't go to comment, commentaries. I don't go to anybody. I go directly to God. I ask him a question. And what he does is he reveals it to me. And sometimes he gives me a book full. So when I went to him about angels, he literally worked with me for a long period of time, revealing to me what they did, how they worked, how they operated. Uh, and there's just so many different ones. Because like I said before, that when the disobedient angels were with Satan, with the devil, they uh, he took one-third of the angels with him. They fell from grace, from heaven, not grace, because grace can only belong to the Christian. Grace and salvation is something that the angels would love to look into. And the purpose and reason why the angels would love to look into it is not because they can't hear or they can't tell what you're saying that when you're saved or talk about what you say when you're saved. It's because they would love to find a way to repent of their evil deeds so that they could still get back into heaven and they can't. They never ever will be able to have what you have. An angel once he disobeys God, he's done forever. His fate is sealed forever. You, you have Jesus Christ. You have the power to repent. By the grace of God, and grace is favor of God. That's what grace is. And favor is when God looks down at you, he sees his son. And how much you love his son. That's the most important thing to him. And that is the only way to please him. If you love his son. You will love the Lord thy God. With all your heart, soul, strength and mind. And your neighbor as yourself. And you will fulfill the law and the prophets. If you love him. If you don't. He's not fooled. He understands you don't. If you don't want to. At least be honest with him and say, Lord, I didn't do it because I don't want to. Because when I was in that condition some 50 years ago, I said, Lord. And I even went to him and said, Lord, I, I couldn't. And there was a pause and I could feel that wasn't working. 
And then I said, well, it was because, and as soon as the because come out, there was an, another pause, and I could feel, nope, that wasn't setting right with him. So I went a couple more times to try to manipulate what <laughs> my excuses, and then it hit me. Boy, I know what the Lord is looking for. He is looking for me to admit I didn't want to. So finally I went like this and said, All right, Lord. I didn't do it because I didn't want to. And boy, it was like heaven opened up. Because when you're honest with God, oh, there's no telling to what God will do with you. If you are honest with him and you take his word before him and you talk to him about it when he calls you and says, come, let us reason together, you would be shocked at the things that he will do with you. But when you are dishonest, the way Adam was, you see, Adam blamed Eve, the woman that you gave me, you see, he blamed her. And Adam wasn't very honest. All right. Abraham wasn't honest. He said Sarah was his sister when Sarah was his wife. So man will do what benefits him if he can. But unfortunately for him, he can't before God. Now, I'm not saying just man. Us women, we are part of mankind, so we are just like them. So I shared with you what I did. I told you, I'm just like you. I am a normal human being, just like you, except for one thing. I spent a lot of years in his presence, morning, noon, and night. Oh, yes, I functioned in my daily work, but my heart was always listening to him, always being obedient with him on everything. In every way, shape, or form you could think of, he took me through so many things that would fill volumes of books and you would never, ever be able to write them all. And so when he took me through those years, and that was a lot of years, and he taught me so many things, I didn't have to read a book to find out about all of the things that can happen in the flesh that can happen. All I did was night and day listen to him. That's all I did. I did not speak to him, even pray. I just listened. And he filled me up with him. Now, I didn't call me to do that. I didn't even think about it. All I knew is I wanted him. And when he came upon me, thank you, Father, to do that, it happened. I didn't care if I lived or died. I didn't care what happened to me, what I lost, what I didn't lose. I didn't care who hated me, who didn't hate me. I cared only for one thing, live or die. I want you. I don't. There's no purpose in living without you. There is nothing on this earth that would bring me more joy than him, more peace than him. 
and the only thing that I ever wanted was to please him. And he proved to me beyond a shadow of a doubt that the only way I could please him is by loving his son through obedience. Through obeying, and it did, oh, it is not because I went to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. It was not because I read my Bible every single day. It was not because I prayed all the time. It was not because I was good to so-and-so or I gave to the poor. None of those things had anything to do with why God blessed me with my call. None of them. My call came directly from the throne because he chose it. He decided this is the way it was going to be. Now, I know it was a trust. I know that he knew no matter what, he could trust me. You know, uh, he revealed to me, I, I can't even tell you the countless of times, that if I was tempted to something, and like I says, we were all tempted, just like Jesus Christ, we are all tempted. He was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And there was something that tried to follow me around for years. It would just come out of the woodwork almost. And maybe I would have seemed to have victory over it for 10 years. And then suddenly it would come and tempt me. And every single time it tempted me, it got stronger and stronger in the temptation. So maybe I went for 20 years, and that because it was 20 years, that temptation was even stronger. And you can't even begin to guess what it was. You can say God showed you. He didn't show you nothing, because he's never going to tell you. If he doesn't lead me to tell you, he's never going to show you anything. So conjure up what you want, pretend what you want, do what you want. But none of it is what you're thinking. And what happened was, is this last time that he came to me, it was tremendous. It could have, it could have really taken me. Now, the, the thing about this whole thing was, is each time the temptation came, I knew. I knew one scripture. Oh, I didn't pull it out of the hat and I didn't try and say it. I did nothing. I just had it in my heart. And that is the scripture in James. James, God will not tempt you. So when you get a temptation, it's not coming from God. When you're tempted to do something that you know is not God, it's not coming from God. For he says he tempts no man. So I knew the temptation was not God. But I also knew that the temptation was not the devil. Because the Bible says you are tempted by your own, the own lust of your heart. So I knew that there was something that lingered in there deeply that I hadn't noticed. When I'm tempted, I don't search out you, 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 you. I search out what's hidden in here that I haven't captured. What's hidden over here that I haven't brought into the captivity of the Lord? 
And so therefore it was easy as the, the biggest and the worst temptation was the easiest one to overcome. Because I knew what I was doing then. Whereas before that I didn't know what I was doing. I just resisted. Before I didn't know what I was doing, I just resisted. But then, in the final blow from the enemy, <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing. I knew the Word of God by then. I knew that He wasn't tempting me. So what I'm saying to you is this, is when you do suffer temptations, don't look for it that it's so-and-so. Oh, you're tempted to this woman because she's dressed scantily. No, you're not. Your eyes should be like this with your heart and your mind. And if they go here, it's not her fault. She's wrong, yeah, but it's yours. It's not her responsibility to keep your eyes straight. It's yours. Even for the woman, it's not your responsibility to how they act and what they do. It's yours. You keep your eyes straight. You keep your eyelids down. You do not look at temptation. You do not entertain it. You do not allow it. Many people conceive it, and but they lie to themselves and say, well, I didn't. They look at it and they look at it, and it's, I, I know I'm not supposed to, but I, boy, I, I really know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't be, Lord, I'm so sorry I did that. <laughs> and then the next time it goes, I, uh, uh, Lord, I, I, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Uh, you seen how I resisted. Did you now? Oh, but did those eyes linger? So you really? You really resisted? I'm telling you, the next one is going to nail you because... Well, that's that's not so bad. You know, I, I I really I really didn't sin. I, that's not so bad. No, no, that's 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 not that that's not that bad. <laughs> I'm laughing because God is laughing. He will laugh at the people who really think that they can lie to Him. You lie through the lust of your own heart. You refuse to obey, and then you try to manipulate him into thinking that you did really obey. And it's like I was talking about the shoreline of sin. That tide goes out, and you run all the way out to get it. And then you see it coming back, and you run all the way back, and you stand at the edge and say, I didn't go. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. That's the shorelines of sin. Yes, you did do it. You entertained it. You played with it until one day it sucks you up and pulls you in. <laughs> God's laughing at the foolishness of man. 
because they think they can really play with God. Now, is God laughing because he wants to destroy them? No. He's laughing because it's ridiculous how man is, but at the same time, he's still there with his hand out for you to repent and see what you've done. So when your eyes land here, don't lie and say they didn't. Pick them back up and say, Lord, forgive me. Take my eyes and make sure I keep them straight ahead. Take my mind and make sure I keep it straight ahead. Be honest about it. Now, when you go through traumatic experiences and you've resisted the enemy completely and you've had a hard time, I mean, some of the most traumatic things that can happen to you is rejection. Someone being so cruel and so mean that you love dearly and they're literally cruel to you. They'll lie on you, they'll cheat on you, they'll destroy you, they'll do everything bad to you that there can be done is done. And the pain is excruciating. Because if a stranger out there did the same thing, it wouldn't bother you a bit. Because it's a stranger, what do you care? But someone that you love deeply does that to you. Oh, the pain of the agony of long-suffering and when it happens day in and day out, week after week, year after year, seeming like there is no end, and all that time you're tempted. When you get that final victory, because as long as you resist, you will get it. When you get that final victory, victory. The angels will come and minister to you and show you the way and teach you what to do and, and help you because that's all God's been waiting for. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel such a witness on this. That's all he's been waiting for. He's been waiting for you to overcome it. And you say, why do I have to go through this, Lord? Why me? Why Why can't I have this? Why can't I? So-and-so has it and so-and-so. And he says, compare yourselves among yourselves you are very unwise. You know the old song, Why Me, Lord? Well, take it in this context. I used to go, Why am I the only one that has to be obey? Why is, why is there nobody else who wants to even think to obey? Why am I the only one that always seems to suffer and nobody cares? Lord, why me? Why me? Why me? 50 years ago, mm, when I was a young, when I was a young Christian, oh my goodness, I don't know how God put up with me, but he did, because he understood where I came from, and he'll do the same for you, he will, to a point, as long as you don't use it, you see, I, I didn't, I didn't use it, if you use it, and manipulate, you're hurting yourself, when I say you're hurting yourself, it reminds me of the woman who was, and she goes to a psychiatrist, she's highly intelligent. She goes to a psychiatrist, and I knew this woman personally, and she comes home, and she says, boy, I really got him. I lied to him. 
He asked me this, this, and this, and I lied to him. I lied to him here, here, and here. It's mind-boggling. Why? If you're seeking help, which I wouldn't go to a psychiatrist anyway, but I mean now, when, when I was, uh, you know, 50 years ago, who knows what I'd have done. But <laughs> why? Why go to a psychiatrist when you need help and you know you need help? And you go and you lie to them. <laughs> Can't fathom it. It just it just does does it mix in my brain. But she was oh man, she was highly intelligent and she spent her whole time and money trying to trick him up. <laughs> Oh, well, she became a hopeless alcoholic, and she died of a liver disease. But she was very intelligent, and she loved the macabre. And, uh, and I loved her dearly, but I, can, I couldn't handle that stuff. Anyway, what I'm going to finish telling you is about angels. You don't have the power and authority to tell them what to do. God does. You don't have the power and authority to send them anywhere. You can ask God to send his angels, but you don't command that angel to go over there because he's not there to listen to you. If you think you do that kind of stuff, then you're working witchcraft. Oh, you <laughs> you really are. You're Once you once you work against the word of God and against the truth, you have entered into the demonic realm. You have entered into a place where you can tell that angel, do this, do that, do this, and it's a dark angel you'll be having. Or it's a, a demon. You know, whichever, it's going to do what you want because you're casting a spell and you're doing whatever you want according to your flesh. But holy angels are not like that. Holy angels, they act only upon the commandments of God. That's all they act upon. And I think of the scripture where Jesus told uh, the men that they misunderstood the scriptures, that there is no marrying and giving in marriage in heaven. None whatsoever. For that was only upon man to procreate. But man used it. And angels used it for their own reasons and pleasure. And the dark angels are filled. And I'm telling you, I've said it before. The dark angels are filled with lust to have sex with both men and women. It's not just women. It's men. And they pick the most beautiful men. And I, I used to say, God, why is this so? All of them are taken. What chance does a young girl have when all of the gorgeous ones are taken? For she can't have them. And what about the young beautiful women. The men can't have them either because they're all taken. 
I'm not saying all of them, but I'm, I'm just telling you that that's how rampant it is with disobedience. 